Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello, good morning. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. Hey, thanks for being here. We're going to invite our ushers to come forward uh, to give an offering together. Um, if any of you have uh, any, any sacrifices, anything like that, or just, uh, you know, partnering financially. Hey, let's pray to start that. God, thank you for that time of worship. Thanks that, um, thanks that you just keep meeting us in our place of need. God, for anybody that is in this room who, who feels like they need you and they're, and they're not seeing you, I just pray that you would show up and you would minister to them the way that you can minister to them, the way that you reach them. God, we give you this offering, uh, just a portion of what you've given to us because we trust you. And we want you to be able to take care of other people. We want other people to come to know you and for your name to become famous. Um, For people who have run away from you that they would be brought back. We just say, come Holy Spirit. Bless us and give us favor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, hey, today, what we're going to talk about, if, uh, if you're new here, if we haven't met before, my name's Ryan. Uh, I'm talking today about time. Um, about time. So one quick thing with time is uh, next Sunday is Christmas Eve. And so we typically have a Christmas Eve service because it falls on a different day. But those years where we have Christmas Eve land on Sunday, uh, we're just going to be doing church at the normal time at 10 a.m. And so uh, hopefully you can make it that day. Christmas Eve is always just a really, um, it's just a really beautiful time together. It's a really, really good time to invite somebody as well. Um, I'd love to have this place just packed out. Uh, so that you can tell somebody that's what you want for Christmas. Would, just, would you just go to church with me? Go to church with me on Sunday, Christmas Eve, 10 a.m. Well, hey, there's other kinds of time. So scripture, uh, with a lot of it being written in Greek... Um, sometimes we have a word in English, a word like time, and, uh, you know, we try to use it for a lot of different things. Um, in ancient Greek, it was uh, a little bit more, um, a little bit more varied with certain words. Uh, the word time is chronos. Chronos is linear time. That's the time that you know, all of us kind of know, tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Uh, not the time that you spend on tick-tock. The, but like, well, yes, that too. Chronos that you waste on, that all of us do. But that, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 10 p.m., then comes 11 p.m., right? That's chronos. That's the, the, the regular kind of time. But 
there are mentions in Scripture, it's actually 87 other times, where the word time is spelled out kairos. Kairos. And if you want to write something down, you want to write this on your hand, write a note, write down the word kairos. K-A-I-R-O-S. And this is a different kind of time that they're talking about. This is time that is um, of greater value. So if you imagine like little blocks of time, like an hour for each little block, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., Kairos, that block might be huge, even though it's only an hour, because it's a, a time that's a special time a time that is an important time. It's a special moment in time. Um, It's the right time for something to happen. Have any of you ever uh, just waited for something, the right time to do something? Like before you, you were just waiting for it and waiting for it, and then you grabbed your moment. Kairos is that special appointed time, like where maybe, you know, for some of you in this room, you went to rehab, not just one time or two times or three times or four times, but you got to a certain number, and for whatever reason, when I went on that eighth time, it was a different kind of time, right? And for whatever, this time... It stuck. And then I stayed free because it was a, a special time. Maybe it's a, a time that you, um, you seize the moment for something. We're going to be talking about uh, a Kairos situation, which right now, this is this time of year, Christmas, what's it called? The most wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time. What's so wonderful about it? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) But that it marks a very important, precious time in history, a time when things changed. Kairos time is that place where maybe um, your life changes trajectory during that time. I want to invite some friends up to the stage, Rick and Melissa. Um... They have some things to, to share with you today about some, something that's coming up soon. And the reason um, I'm leading into this with this is because some of you out there, it might be time. Like it might be time for you to do something about, uh, you know, an issue you have had for your entire life. It might be time for you to uh, make a change, a difference in something. What do you think? Yeah. Yes. Are we on? Let's see. I think so. Hello? Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Rick Schwenberger. This is my wife, Melissa. And uh, we lead the uh, Life Recovery Group. Uh, We've done it now. This will be our fifth year. And it starts on January 8th from 7 to 8.30. I had to kind of think about that. Monday night. Monday night, it is a year long, and it's a 12-step Bible study. 
Now, you may say, I'm not an addict, I'm not an alcoholic, but this is about <clears throat> any problem. And it's a way to improve my relationship with God because that's the answer, my relationship with God. Um, half of the group that I have this year are not alcoholic. And it's just a, it's amazing. You know, some of, the, some of the guys in the group said, I didn't realize how unhappy I was until I got happy. You know, my mind tells me all kinds of things. It lies to me. But if I have a relationship with God, I can decipher what I'm telling myself. So it's a, we do go through the 12 steps, and they are biblical. And um, just welcome anybody, pray about it. And if that's something that you may want to look at, we're, we'll be out in the lobby to talk about it. You did a good job, honey. <laughs> um, I just want to tell you of a woman that came and had healing in an unexpected way. Um, she thought she was coming to deal with her overspending. And by working the steps, God placed it on her heart that she had a much bigger problem. Um, she was divorced, and she literally wanted her husband dead. And um, through working the steps and building her relationship with God, um, she was able to forgive her husband and now has a cordial relationship with him. And through that healing, then the husband was able to reconnect and have relationships with his daughters. So all of this is such a beautiful God thing. He comes to you and just frees you from so much. And, um, of course, we are a fan of the program. <laughs> but um, we'd like to share that with others and, and help them on their journey of a better relationship with God and healing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, so it, it could be time. You know, Rick and I were just talking before the service, and there's just so many of us who um, we know deep down that there's, there's like some major stuff, some major problems a lot of times. But if anybody asks us, how are you doing? Well, how are you really doing? Oh, well, I'm good. I'm, it's one of my pet peeves is just being out there, and I, I'll, I'll know somebody's going through hell. And I said, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just, I'm just, the Lord is good. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm like, man, your life is a mess. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the positive attitude, but sometimes, sometimes you got to face it. Um, and is it time? Is it time for you to do that? Um, is it that Kairos moment for you? Uh, there's been so many different Kairos moments of my life that have changed the trajectory of things. Um, these things can be, um, they're, most of the time they're good things, but also um, this Kairos could be where we, we choose to make a decision for the bad. 
that sends us down a certain way. Businesses try to advertise. They have Kairos advertising, uh, which is where they're trying to invent special times. Special times where it's, they're trying to make you think that this is an important time. What do they say? Act now. While supplies last. Only a few left. You guys look at lightning deals on Amazon? And they're inventing a special time around something, but it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not that pivotal moment that Scripture is talking about. Uh, this is a time that most people say is the most important time in human history, the time when Jesus was born. That it was the thing that shifted more for more people than ever before and ever since. Luke is one of the writers about the story of the birth of Jesus. There's Matthew and Luke. In the book of Luke, interestingly enough, um, the story of Christmas doesn't begin with Jesus' birth. It begins with um, his, his cousin, someone else. Uh, it begins with the birth of his relative, John the Baptist. Uh, and it kind of begins even before John is born uh, with John's mom and dad. John's mom and dad, uh, Zachariah, is soon to be dad. But the thing about John's parents, John the Baptist, Zachariah and Elizabeth had wanted kids their entire life, and it never happened. They just never got pregnant. That particular Kairos moment never came to be. And so they got to the point where they were very old and had kind of given up on that idea that they were ever going to be parents, but their entire lives they had longed to be that. Well, in this story that we're going to get into, there is an encounter where an angel appears to Zechariah and Basically, he says, now, I know that you guys have been longing for a baby, and you're going to have one. You're going to have one. Your child's name is going to be John. And John is going to prepare the way for another child who is going to be the Savior of the world, the Messiah. And so, yeah, you're going to have... A child, it's a son, and he is extremely important. And this is an angel who appears. We've had kind of a theme of this over the last couple of weeks, but angels appearing. Uh, and Zechariah doesn't believe the angel, he just doesn't believe him. Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth are super old at this point, their grandparent ages. And I don't mean like, I don't mean like 47, like some of those. I, I mean like in their 80s. And so Zechariah doesn't believe the angel. He believes that, that that time has kind of passed by them. But the angel says this in Luke chapter 1. It says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now... You will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words. 
the angel says, you're going to, I know that you've been longing for a bit, you guys have been longing for a child. You're going to have one. I, I was sent to let you know it's, it's going to happen for you. He says, get out of here. He says, you don't believe, okay. Then you're going to have to shut your mouth. You're not going to be able to speak until this day happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time, at their appointed time. This is one of those instances of kairos, the appointed time, the right time for something to happen. And all of us, we want to force that issue, don't we? And say, when, when exactly, can I put it in my calendar? <laughs> like, no, you're, it's, it's not that linear time thing. It's, it's where you're waiting on a specific time where God is wanting to move in a way. The angel saying God hasn't abandoned you, Zechariah or Elizabeth. He hasn't abandoned you guys. He hasn't abandoned humanity. Um, and, and some really, really big, really cool things are about to go down. But you, Zechariah, you did not believe me, an angel. And so you won't be able to talk until it happens. It's going to happen at the appointed time that it's supposed to happen. Let's just remember that, that thought, that phrase, appointed time. And so if we read further, we go on to read about the story of John being born. And then we read the story about Mary becoming pregnant with Jesus. And then we read the story about Mary giving birth to Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And so we have the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus meaning that God has not abandoned the world. Not only has he not abandoned it, but he's come into it. That he's joined the party. So that he could save it, so that he could redeem it. He could restore it, he could renew it. He could. One of my favorite... Um, paraphrases from a, a little children's Bible that my daughter Ava had when she was little. And uh, one of the things that it said Jesus came to do was he, he, he started to make everything sad was coming untrue. He started making everything sad untrue. And he came to reconcile things. And it's through a baby. And there is this amazing electric announcement about this baby's birth for those who have been waiting for years and years and years for the Messiah. And this announcement is made to the shepherds. It says in Luke 2, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so angels Shepherds and mom and dad are all standing around as this anticipation kind of comes to a, to a head. And it's, it's there all of a sudden, the appointed time. Oh, this is an important time in history. This is an important time that we're in right now. And so the parents, Mary and Joseph, they take this new baby, Jesus, They take him to the temple, and the people that they run into immediately have all these powerful reactions upon seeing the baby. In the temple, they're approached by a man named Simeon. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. And so he's been waiting and waiting and waiting. And some of us are given those words. We're given those words from God that we're going to experience this, see this, be a part of this. And sometimes we give up on those words. He says, thank you. I I can die in peace. And so there have been people waiting for years and years and years And we have Simeon, who's waited year after year after year, it says, on the consolation of Israel, and he sees the baby. Thank you. You let me see what you promised I was going to see. I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. I can die in peace. Suddenly, he is in a place where he's given a new thing. He's given a new comfort, a peace, a hope, a thrill. Mary and Joseph meet other people who've been longing for this baby in the temple. It says, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. 
Now, what I find interesting is that when Zechariah, John's dad, is told that God is going to send a Messiah, a Savior is going to be born, and it will happen at the appointed time, that Kairos time. He, he's able to accept certain parts, but he's not able to accept the other. You know, sometimes we, we say, yeah, I know that, um, I know that Jesus is going to take care of everything. I know that um, God is good. I know that he's, he's for me. I know that you say he's, he's with me. But a lot of times we don't believe the thing that's closest to us. Like, ah, he, he kind of got in that place that, that was, what, that was, that's kind of below the belt. Like, this is our, our lifelong heartache that, that we were never able to have kids. And why would you? And so he struggles to believe the thing that's closest. Do you struggle to believe the things that are, that are closer to, to you internally? Like, are you able to accept the big stuff? Like, yeah, I believe that Jesus died on a cross. I believe that. Uh, this happened or that happened, uh, but do you believe that God is going to move at an appointed time for you? That He's going to offer that opportunity? Zechariah is told there will be an appointed time, not Chronos time, tick tock. When can I expect it? No, the angel uses that different word, Kairos. Kairos. I was, um, you know, I had one of the Kairos moments that popped into my head when I was writing about this um, that I didn't even, I didn't know what it was at the time. Uh, I didn't know what it was until years later, and I had understood that the Holy Spirit was was speaking to me. But when I was dating my wife, Allison, um, about just a, a, a couple months after we started dating, I broke up with her um, for not any good reason at all. I got scared because things got more serious and it kind of felt like all of a sudden, well, you know what one of the issues was? One of the issues was she was a Christian. And she played Christian music in her car all the time. And I made fun of it every time we're in her car. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this music is, what are you doing? And, you know, she had made it clear to me very, very early on that, you know, God is the most important thing to me in my life. Um, and, I'm, of course, I'm like, well, I thought that I was in the, like, we've been together for two months. But that it was this thing where I knew that, you know, I wasn't a believer yet, and I, 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 I still kind of wanted to, to get in some trouble. And so I started to freak out a little bit, and I, I called like a wuss, not even in person, and broke up with her over the phone. And uh, no, not yet. <laughs> he was probably like, good. And it wasn't even a day later. It was later that day. It was one of those Kairos experiences. 
There's suddenly there's an important time that happened and these things came in that said you're going to miss the greatest opportunity of your life. This this is your person. This is your person. And you're just you're just afraid. And so I call her back up and I said, I made a horrible mistake. Will you believe I don't know what I was doing. I got her back somehow. But it was years later that I recognized that there was a thing that happened where it was before even being a believer. You know, you don't have to be a believer for God to speak to you. A lot of times that's how he wants to, to reveal himself to you. And so I was hit with that. And it was one of those things where it was the beginning of a complete shift of things. That that's, when I, that's when I decided that I needed to stop stealing. That's when I decided that I needed to stop with these different secret things in my life that I was... I was still wanting to run around and get in trouble. And it was a shift. Some of us, we miss those Kairos opportunities. Like maybe you have deep regrets where you're like, man, I just wish I would have done that thing. It was, I was, what I'm wanting to, to, to remind myself of and, and, and get at the forefront of our mind is that heading into uh, 2024, if you are looking at time in a different way and you're not just going, okay, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just got to get through this week. Um, maybe you're just, you're working a regular kind of work week and then you're wanting to party on the weekends and then maybe crash into church every once a month or something like that. Um, whatever it is that you might be in that place where you're ready to start searching for kairos, where you're looking for an opportune time for me to do something, for me to change, for me to give my life over to Jesus, for me to surrender completely, for me to start that 12-step program, for me to dump him or her, for me to uh, leave my job and start my own business, for us to finally get um, approved for adoption, talking to somebody recently about that. Are you looking for those times when God is hoping to move in a powerful way? If you're, if you're a person in this room who feels like you've been waiting for something, for something big to move, for something to change, for something to mean something, um, I would say hang in there. Hang in there because uh, God sent his boy he sent him to us, and he's going to save the world, and part, parts of it are saved already. And parts of you are saved already, but he wants to save the whole person. Amen. Like, he doesn't want to just, um, 
get you your get out of hell free card. He wants to save all of you, like all, all parts. Yeah. And for those of us who've walked with Jesus for a while, uh, what you'll start to experience is that when God moves and works in one area and all of a sudden that is like, and you're like, oh my gosh, wow, that's, this is, I feel so free. And a lot of times then you're free enough to notice that other junk you have in that other closet hiding. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, I got to clean that up too. I got to do something about that. I don't want, I don't want that. And he offers you forgiveness. Um, and I would say almost every time, um, you know, we have the forgiveness that is necessary from God because we, when, we, when we've sinned, when we've been human and less than holy, he offers forgiveness for that, but he's also able to offer you forgiveness for yourself. How many of us are walking around beating ourselves up about something that um, I don't know what this this is popping in my head right now for um, someone in this room or maybe multiples, but um, if you talk to anyone else the way that you talk about you no one would put up with that. Like, and you're not allowed to talk about you that way because you're worth more than that and so a person believes themselves, so they are. If you're a person who's in that negative self-talk all the time, you're talking about your, that you hate yourself, that... You dislike the way that you look, that you dislike the way that you're, you're, you're stupid, you're this, you're that, you're. You're not allowed to talk about God's kids that way. And it just isn't the truth. What God says about you is that he loves you, that he's never going to leave you or forsake you. That. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, that he knows the number of hairs that are on your head, that you were, that he gave you a certificate of adoption because he wanted you so much. He's able to offer light in whatever dark place you have in your world, and you can trust him. You can trust him with your past. You can trust him with whatever you have going on right now in the present. You can trust him with your future. He's the God of second chances and seventh chances and 70th chances. You can trust him with your family. You can trust him with your money. You can trust him with uh, if infertility is, is looming over you, you can trust him with that. You can trust him with the chaos of way too many kids. I believe he would say, be patient. I want you to hold on. I haven't forgotten about you. 
trust me because I'm waiting for an opportune time to do something. Lots of people waited for years and years and years for Jesus to show up. Trust him. He'll show up for you. Um, Would you close your eyes and pray with me? God, I'm praying for... uh, Sometimes I just feel like I don't, I don't have the, the words to, to go with the feelings, but um, I'm just praying for the people in this room who are searching elsewhere, God, who, are, who are searching everywhere else but deep into you. God, if they're searching um, with drugs or sex or booze, God, if they're searching um, for meaning or value with just buying things, if they're searching for answers, um, you know, everywhere else, I just pray that they would recognize that maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to to completely surrender to you. If you're a person who feels that you need to surrender, that it's time to do that, um, it is. Do it. Be brave. And so, Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. Thank you for dying on a cross for me to pay for my sin. Thank you that you said I don't owe you anything. Thank you that we can trust you with our our past, with the gross stuff that we have. The stuff that we're ashamed of. Lord, you love us without condemnation. If anyone is hearing that voice that is telling them that they're not good enough, that's telling them that they're a failure, just pray that they would recognize that that is not the voice of you, that's the enemy. For anyone who's in the negative self-talk loop, just pray that you would break them out of that and speak the truth over them about who they are. That they're a son or daughter of the king. And that they get to be royalty with you. We just say, come Holy Spirit. As we head into Christmas this year, I just pray that you would make, uh, make room for us to see and hear and feel and know those Kairos moments coming up, if it's a a conversation with somebody, uh, if we're given that opportunity to say something meaningful or valuable to someone or to tell somebody that we're worried about them, to ask forgiveness, to apologize, and just give us that Kairos moment. 
Thank you for setting up opportune times for us. We just commit to wait on you for the right place and right time. We ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, again, I I hope I get to see you on Christmas Eve this year, 10 a.m. Invite people. I'll give you a dollar for each person you bring. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.